Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm right here. It's my time to be the voice you're listening to. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Porter. Hello. I just want to start by talking about bus etiquette. Okay. Now, you're, you're not a big bus gal, are you? I never have been, no. I'm massively. a big bus gal. I love a bus. Always have been, always will be, I imagine, unless you know things take a, an unforeseen turn. I don't know what that term would be. That became bus-phobic. But, I was uh, thinking more that you might like get loads of money and have a chauffeur. <laughs> That's what you meant. I wouldn't enjoy... I've thought about having a chauffeur. <laughs> no, I don't mean I've thought, shall I employ no, a no, chauffeur? No, 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 you fantasise. What would it be like to have a chauffeur? Mm. And I don't think it'd be good. Really? Because the small talk. Uh, can't you just close that window like they do in high-powered films? I know, but then wouldn't you feel rude? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I have imagined myself in a limousine closing that window but because mm. if you get an uber in certain parts of america now and i think they might be bringing it over here you can set your preferences in advance you can tick a little oh, box for no conversation really yes but if i was an uber driver and somebody had ticked the box for no conversation mm. i mean i would be pleased because i don't but what mm. I, I imagine projecting uh, what what i might think if i wasn't me is who do they think they are i'm going to give them a poor rating <laughs> yeah, yeah so you know all that stuff but if somebody worked for, you know i just wouldn't want them going home and telling the husband or wife that oh, gee, he shut that little window again <laughs> who does he think he is yeah, okay, so okay. so I've, I've thought about that so i think it's unlikely that i'll ever have a chauffeur mm. you know if um if uh, it turns out I've got a, a secret benefactor right. who leaves me a lot of money in their will, mm-hmm. or if Google buy me, <laughs> which is something I think about quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I th- I th- as I say, I th- I'm a bus guy. I think I always will be a bus guy. I always have been. My uh, my first bus was the uh, the number seven, mm-hmm. the Moss Rose Circular. Mm. It went from uh, Macclesfield Town Centre to the Moss Rose Council Estate, where our house was. Okay. Uh, Moss Rose. It sounds half nice. <laughs> moss. Your moss is really bad. Get rid of the moss. It's weird that Kate Moss. Oh, yeah. One of the most beautiful women in the world. It's, a, it's an international icon. has got moss. Yeah. As a surname. I'm surprised they didn't make the, If it was now, they'd make a change, though, wouldn't they? You'd have thought yeah. so, yeah. Uh, so our, our estate was the, the, the Moss estate, and it was those little shopper buses. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the sort of half size you get on. Mm-hmm. Get your little ticket off the driver. 
you sit down and you get off through the same door mm-hmm. you get on that's that's how those smaller buses work yep and i'm very much of the opinion that you say hello to the driver okay and when you get off you say thank you to the driver in London? Well, this is the thing. Okay, okay. So since I've moved to London, it's more often the case that you get on through the front door and then you have to leave the bus mm. by the doors in the middle or at the back. Okay. Which are a long way away from the driver. So I've never thought to thank the driver because okay. it would involve shouting down the bus. Or, or going up to him and saying, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was on a bus the other day and there was an old fella and as he was getting off the middle doors he he sort of bellowed down the bus thanks driver oh and i thought should i be doing that but that feels like something that would be impossible to me to draw that much attention to myself i thinking yelling yeah. down a bus yeah yeah so what i'm wondering is in the 20 years that i've lived in london have i offended dozens if not hundreds of bus drivers by not bellowing down the bus why not do this when you get on say thanks in advance <laughs> good idea yeah yeah uh, I wanted to start by telling you a couple of things that happened to me in my local cafe today. Okay. The first one was, so so I was in there, and I know some you, someone's going to listen to this. You might be listening to this now, and you think, oh, Jeff, I didn't think you were that tight. But I was in there with my laptop doing a bit of work. Okay. I don't want to be one of those people in a coffee shop, but I was hungry, and there was nothing in the is cupboard. That, I think so, what's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it, is there? Do you not think, like, when you see somebody with a laptop in, in a coffee shop, hmm. like, I'm not imagining... They're, they're doing something useful like paying the gas bill. <laughs> I'm imagining they're sitting there like writing some script or something. That It'll never get that. made. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't want to be that person. Okay. <laughs> right. Also, I think those people tend to hog tables, but I w- will point out that I'm very conscientious for every half hour or 40 minutes and I'm in there, I will get something new. Okay. So that I'm not just hogging tables. Anyway, th- this is all by the by. So I'm um, doing whatever I'm doing on my computer. And then on the other side of the cafe, there is a, a, a lady doing the same thing. And I become aware of her having a, oh, something's happened conversation with the waitress. Okay. Now, what she says is the roundhouse, mm-hmm. you know, the roundhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's an iconic music venue in London. Mm-hmm. Loads of good shows there. Mm. It's also a great um, sort of community centre. It's where we did our first ever live show before yeah. we even did a, a drift when we mm. finished the radio show. So I'm very interested in the Roundhouse. I think, think it's, uh, you know, it's a fun place. I've seen some good things there and mm-hmm. I've got a good memory of our live show. Yeah. She said the Roundhouse has been evacuated. Oh. There's there's some kind of threat. There's an aircraft overhead. And and I couldn't help myself. I looked up and met eyes with her with what must have been a look of shock on my face. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm sorry. She said, yeah, the White House has been evacuated. (laughs) And, you know, I know this doesn't make, doesn't reflect very well on me, Mm. but as soon as it wasn't the Roundhouse, I was no longer interested. Not not my local area, I don't care. And then she started telling me about what had happened. There's some, you know, aircraft Mm. in federal airspace over the White House and they've gone on lockdown. And she's saying, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'll keep you updated on on what happens. (laughs) And then, you know... 10 minutes later, she lets me know that nothing's changed. 15 no. minutes later, mm-hmm. she tells me that, get the all clear. I don't want to know any of this. <laughs> no, no. But it would have been wrong of me to say, no, sorry, I thought you said the roundhouse. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> it would have been so wrong to say that, yeah. Uh, so that, that was the first thing that happened to me in there today. The second thing was, as I went to pay, there is a young man who works in there who is in a band. Okay. 
he, he gave me this piece of information at some stage. I'm ashamed to say that I've forgotten the name of his band. Uh, but you know, they play at festivals and things. So as I'm paying, I say, Oh, how things, how's things going with the music? He says, Oh, good. Actually. Yeah. We're doing a, a small tour of South America. I said, Oh, that's great. Uh, he says, Yeah, we're doing four different countries. He then names what the four countries are ending with Chile. Okay. And then, so then he says, You know, that's providing, uh, you know, everything's all right by then. The tour's in February. Mm-hmm. And I go, Yeah, I know. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm. I don't know. I've got no idea what's mm. going on with Chile. Same here. But he spoke to me in such a way Mm-mm. that I felt like I'd looked like a really ignorant, ill-informed person. He said if it I, like everybody Yeah, knows. like it's all anyone's talking about. Yeah. It's, it's every news bulletin's ending, mm. ending on Chile. I go, yeah, I mean... I mean, when when is your date again? He says end of February. So then I, I sort of like look like I'm thinking about it. Will it be all over by then? And like, what I don't know is whether it is an earthquake. I don't know if it is a riot. I don't know if it's a disease. Right, no idea. I don't know if it's, you know, the government has collapsed. I just don't know what has happened. So it's hard to know how to respond yeah, to that. Yeah, 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 hard. yeah. February. So, mm, so that's how many months? Yeah, yeah that's what's in my head. So I then go. I mean, I think think things should be fine by then, shouldn't they? And he goes, mm. and it's difficult to say, isn't it? And going, yeah, I think so. I mean, and then I say, I mean, you know, I just don't know where to get get my news on it. Really, I mean, I feel like it's not, you know, it's not covered that widely. He says, yeah, no, I know, it's exactly the same thing for me. But he says, uh, I mean, we're talking end of February. I'm thinking, I don't know if it's a flood here. I'm, and I say to him, look, I've got to be honest with you about something. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. He was like, I don't know what happened yeah. to Chile. He said, I was just pretending. <laughs> and what was his reaction? He just had, I felt it was real scorn on his oh. face. I feel that he thought I was one person. Mm. Because, you know, often with the other podcasts, we pop in there and, you know, I'll pop in there with Ed Miliband or they know that, you know, I'm buying cookies to for when all these political people are coming over to okay. talk on the other podcast. Yeah. And I think he had me pegged ah. as somebody who was really up to date with what was going on with world news. So what is happening in Chile? I think some, you know, I think you some kind know. of civil insurrection. <laughs> oh, okay, I think okay. democracy's right, broken right. down. I mean, I know it's not a flood. So, okay. <laughs> Right, or something okay. on fire. Yeah. Can you imagine if it had been something on fire? Like, I mean, will it will it be okay by the end of February? So I had to come clean, really. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think he's he's lost what little respect he had for me. Adrift, adrifting, adrifter, naughty. Adrift. That could be a good uh, good topic. The moment they lost respect for you. Oh yes, yeah. That's that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Russ in Stourbridge. It happened on the tenth of November this year. It was a Sunday morning, and I was up and dressed, pottering around the house. My wife and four-year-old daughter were still in their dressing gowns, and as we'd planned a trip to one of those early Christmas markets near us, I wanted to get the ball rolling. The boring weekly shop needed to be done and everything put away before we could start the day's fun and festive shopping trip. So, you guys get yourselves ready whilst I go to Tesco's, I said. By the time I'm finished, we'll all be ready to go. Fast forward to me in full control of a shopping trolley, headphones in, blasting some seriously noisy music, bleeper in hand, scanning everything I was planning to purchase. I rounded the corner of the chilled meat aisle and a couple of shoppers were starting to act very strangely around me, staring off into the distance or watching me intently with a weird look in their eyes. 
Nine Inch Nails kicked in into my headphones with the track Hand That Feeds. And shrugging off this strange vibe, I bobbed along to the milk section, picking up a pint of the white stuff, then on to Ham. Wafer thin all this square stuff, I wondered, picking things up and examining them, placing them back. The track I was listening to was really kicking in now, and I was mouthing the words while selecting my products. Looking up, everyone in the aisle had stopped and were eyeballing me. An old gentleman next to me looked particularly belligerent. I mean, you could have slotted 10 pence pieces into the furrows on his forehead. (laughs) Then it dawned on me. The blood froze in my veins as I stopped and slowly removed my headphones. The silence in Tesco's was complete, only to be interrupted a moment later by an announcement over the tannoy, thanking all the choppers for joining them in the two-minute silence for Ah, Remembrance Sunday. ah. My half-finished weekly shop stood exactly where it was by the sausage rolls and pastries as I hightailed it out of our local supermarket, probably never to return again. I'm thinking I may have to put our house on the market and move to a remote <laughs> island somewhere in the Outer Hebrides. Please forgive me. So good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so terrible. So, so terrible. So good, yeah. yeah. And this is from Scott. I recently returned back to an old job, having left a few years previously. Although I was now in a new team, I occasionally bump into old colleagues who are still there and have to survive the excruciating pain of trying to describe what you've been up to for the last few years in one sentence. However, there was a guy in my old team, let's call him Steve, that I used to be quite good friends with, but whom I hadn't spoken to since I had left. When I saw him in reception one day by chance, he suggested that we arrange to catch up properly. At work, we have an internal chat function so you can instant message someone else from the office via your computer. So one day I messaged Steve to say, fancy grabbing a coffee? Now, I don't actually like coffee and in fact, it makes me feel quite sick. However, it seems like fancy a coffee are the words that people use to invite others to an informal social catch up without necessarily committing to your drinks order at that (laughs) moment in time. I met Steve and although we have a coffee shop in the office, he told me that there was a place a couple of buildings away that did far better coffee and we should go there. Off we walked into the coffee shop and he strode to the counter and ordered himself an Americano. He then turned to me and said, what type of coffee did you want? Is Americano okay?" As previously mentioned, I hate coffee. I've never managed to get through a few sips at a sitting before. I love a cup of tea, but a coffee is just a no for me. However, the way Steve had questioned me put me in a really awkward position. I had a small window to explain that although I had asked him for a coffee, I didn't actually mean coffee. But with every millisecond that passed with my hesitation, the window became smaller and smaller to explain that. Oh, yes, I would love an Americano were the only (laughs) words I was able to utter. I have no idea what any type of coffee is other than espresso is the really scary kind. But there I sat at the table with a nice large cup of Americano in front of me. I managed to drink a few sips, make up an excuse that I'd forgotten an upcoming meeting back in the office and run back to the sanctity of my desk before having to drink any more of the disgusting coffee. (laughs) Why I wasn't able to simply say the words, I actually have a cup of tea, please, is beyond me. I guess it's because I'm a drifter. Did I do the right thing or should I have explained myself? Please share your story with us uh, and thank you. Uh, thank you for those this week. Both excellent. Uh, share your story with us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. Well, I am braced for another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult, Annabelle. Part 14. The inconsistency of my ability to be assertive. I went to Bournemouth for the day recently, visiting an old friend, and in the afternoon we went to the beach and decided to stop at a beachfront cafe. 
in our group were four adults, four small children and one dog. So we didn't want a table inside the cafe. We wanted to sit outside so the children and the dog could play on the beach. And it was picnic-style tables with benches, and they were all full apart from one. It had just one teenage girl on it, and I could immediately see what was going on. All her family were on the adjacent table, but she was separating herself slightly in a very teenage girl way. She looked mortified <laughs> to be in public with them. Her head was bowed and her shoulders hunched. But there were five empty spaces around her, and I'd not eaten for several hours. So I went up to her and asked if we could share her table. And she said yes. And then I sat down. Look at me. Not afraid of teenagers. Assertive and confident. Wow. Contrast this with the following Sunday. I was quite excited as I was going to a city farm. And I wasn't so fussed by the animals, but rather I was quite excited by the trip on the DLR that this entailed. Now, if you're not familiar with the DLR, although we have mentioned it before, it's a driverless train, which brings one of life's great joys, which is getting a seat at the front of the train and pretending you're the driver. Oh, yes. And this was going to be the first time I was going on the DLR with a child. So I am totally justified in rushing to get that seat. Like I've sat there on my own plenty of times, but you do feel that you have to move on if a child gets on, right? And you feel slightly ashamed of wanting to pretend to be the driver in (laughs) probably what I should say is middle age. (laughs) So while waiting for the train, I calculated exactly where we should stand. And I'm feeling confident as we're near the start of the line. And there's only one other person waiting in the same place. And he's a man in middle age on his own. The train pulls up. And there are two pairs of pretend driver's seats with an aisle in between. One pair is taken by a small child and his dad. The other is free. So I'm very excited. It's going to be for me and my train mad son. I am confident this is mine. And we get on. And as we do, the middle-aged man who'd been waiting by us pushes in front and goes to the sole remaining pretend driver's seats. What? Now, this in itself, as I'm sure you'll agree, is astonishing. Yes. What is more astonishing is that I'm watching him, by which I mean I'm trying to kill him with my eyes. (laughs) He sits down, gets out his phone, puts in headphones and starts to watch a video for the whole journey. He doesn't even once glance up to the track ahead of him. What? He doesn't once have a flicker of the wrist as he fails to control a little imaginary gear stick manoeuvre. And I'm not sure if trains have gear sticks, but my ones do. What is wrong with a dead man's handle? (laughs) Oh yeah, that is a thing. Yeah, Yeah. what is wrong with this guy? Like to me, this is no different to going to the Grand Canyon or Taj Mahal or those pyramids in Egypt and watching a video on your phone without looking up once. And I'm thinking back to that teenage girl who I so confidently spoke to the previous week. But can I ask this middle-aged man if we can have the pretend driver's seat or even share it with him? No, I can't. I can only approach painfully shy teenage girls. I mean, to be fair, this guy must have been a psychopath. So it probably was wise not to approach him. But still, it was fairly pathetic of me. I'll tell you what would have been even weirder if the video he was watching was like driver's view video of a train. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been strange. Yeah, true. I've started doing a thing. It's it's similar. Mm. On the top deck of a bus... Right. You, you know, the front seat. Yeah, yeah. pre- I like to go up there with my son and he likes to pretend he's driving the bus. Right, yeah. And I've started doing it. So it's much like you've described. It's two seats either side of an aisle. Mm. And if there's just one person in one of those two seats, I will go and sit in the other one with my son on my knee right. so that he can pretend to drive the bus. Yeah, yeah. Sarah says it's completely inappropriate. Really? Yeah, she says that if somebody's in 
just one of those two seats on their own. It's it's rude to go and disturb their... Don't agree. They must know. By sitting there, that seat is fair game. Otherwise, they can sit anywhere else on the bus. If you're sitting on that seat, it's the best seat. Of course, you're going to get other people It's very undriftery of me, though, isn't it? No, you're right, though. You are right. Good to hear. (laughs) I'll be using that as ammunition later. (laughs) Ammunition later. I just made up a new word, ammunition. It's good, I think. You don't think it's good? No, no. no. <laughs> One minute you're agreeing with me about the seat, <laughs> the second you're dissing my new word. Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's, it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Have you been following this news story about Uber? Yes, I have. So, so Uber... The uh, the cab hailing app has lost its license in London. Mm-hmm. Only they now get to appeal it, so nothing's changed. No, this happened to them once before, and I'm sure it will happen again. But the, do you know the reason they've lost their license this time? Yeah, because some people weren't matching up to the IDs they were giving some drivers. That's exactly yeah. exactly it. So if you use this thing, you'll see a little photo of the driver. Mm. And what was happening was a a handful of uh, bad apples, they say, had been swapping photos with each other and not using their real photo. Here's my question. Mm. Imagine you were using this app Mm. and you looked at the photo of the driver Mm. and then you looked at the driver. Mm. Could you imagine saying to him, oh, you don't look like your photo? (laughs) I've never looked at the photo. I'm too obsessed by looking at the number plate because I want to make sure that I get in the car really quickly and I don't miss them. And so I'm obsessed by the number plate. I'm obsessed with their name. Oh. Because I always want to use their name when I get in. Oh, but they don't like that. Oh, you see, I thought the opposite. No, because what was that thing we said to people like it if they're wearing and someone in a shop is wearing a name badge, do they like having their name used? And the consensus was, no, they hate it. Isn't that the same for... Well, no, here's here's what I'm thinking, because you've got to say one of two things, right? Mm. You've either got... To, and and um, I had this discussion with my wife and, and she has, with apologies to her, because she's sort of used a bit of this in a much more eloquent and funny way in her stand-up, but... Basically, you you either say to them, "Are you here for Jeff?" Right, or you say, "Hi, are you Alan?" Okay, you know. so no, okay, yeah, so whatever his name is, yeah, yeah. So you're either saying, "Are you here to ferry me around?" Right, like, like I, I only ever like, say that. Is that mean you know I'm a bad person? Well, I think so. Oh, I, no. I, I think I think that's basically what you're saying. I have never used the name. I never even noticed the name. But I do get what you're saying. Does is it like using somebody's name on a on a badge. Oh no, I didn't realise I was being rude. I always say, "Is this for Annabelle?" Like a third person. Do you ex- <laughs> do you exist just to chauffeur me around? Is it feel what oh, you're saying yeah, yeah. when you say that, as opposed to, um, you know, saying, "Oh, are you, are you such and such?" Mm-mm. But anyway, but I can't imagine seeing that photo and going. Gotta be honest with you, you you don't look a lot like you do in this photo. No, no. That would be far too awkward an interaction. Definitely. So, um, you know, I'm wonder- wondering how they got caught out with that one. Anyway, uh, that was just something I had been thinking about. Are we allowed to say where your lover has been for the past four weeks? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Short term jail sentence for not no, paying his TV license. Not- do they still Is that what do you that? get a month? I don't know. It just just felt appropriate. Right, right. That's what I'd give people. <laughs> like, month's quite a long time. Yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, good behaviour and all that. They could be okay. out in three weeks. Three weeks? Wow. Yeah. 
I think it's quite enough time to sort of become a hardened criminal, though, is it? Learn all the skills and, you know, become become part of a gang. That's what you're imagining happens in prison, is it? Yeah, I right. think so. Okay, okay. <laughs> right, fine. You know, because mm. uh, they're under-resourced. You're learning how to make a skeleton key. Exactly. Mm. I think the prisons are under-resourced. Mm. Probably the libraries aren't what they once were. Right. Um, you know, there's not enough prison wardens and not enough emphasis put on rehabilitation and okay. you know you, you're getting involved in gangs in there okay. I okay. think Okay. you know if you went in for any longer than three or four weeks for not paying your TV licence <laughs> you come out with a gang tattoo <laughs> and you know okay. you're smuggling stuff back in for people when you go to I don't know you're baking a cake with a file in it no, it's, I don't it's all know. drones these days come it's on it's all drones yeah. anyway right? he, no he hasn't been in prison where's he been then he's been doing he's been to scoliosis SOS what? Which is basically an intense month-long physiotherapy. And when I say that, I mean he's been having the physiotherapy done on him. He's not learning to be a physiotherapist. So he's gone to physiotherapy every day for, a, for month. a month. Yeah. Nine till five. Nine to five. Ten till five. Yep. Yeah. And guess what? He grew two centimetres. Really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because I haven't measured myself for a while, but I'm pretty sure like I've shrunk a little bit and you definitely look like you've shrunk a bit. <laughs> but can I be clear? That's not why I did it to grow two centimetres. He did it because he's got scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine and it straightens it a bit. He's never sort of looked hunchy to me. Okay, I tell but him that. Do. Mm. I mean, I don't want him to feel like he's... Do you have to pay for scoliosis SOS? Yeah, yeah. I don't want him to feel like he's wasted his money, so maybe don't. <laughs> Don't don't say that to him. Right, right. But that's wonderful. And you're you sure it's not sort of like a Reginald Perrin situation where he's just been leaving the house and wow, hasn't even <laughs> has not has that occurred to you? Never, never once that crossed my mind. Leaving the house and what? Doing what? Well, I'm trying to think what I, I would do when I used to play truant mm. from school. Yeah, I'd just go and sit by the canal petrified to move in case like any of my aunties or uncles saw me when I should have been in school. Right. So just go and have these long, boring days sat by the canal. Okay. Out of harm's way. Maybe he's, I mean, have you checked the canals? He did used to take quite elaborate lunches. Maybe that, like, <laughs> him having his nice lunch. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure it was true. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So he's grown two centimetres. Yep. And um, he's, he's sort of less hunched than he wants. I mean, is is it okay to use the phrase hunchback? I should ask him. I th- I think I think not. <laughs> I think <laughs> it not. feels wrong, doesn't yeah, it? it? Doesn't it does. feel great. It does feel wrong? Yeah. But you know, you're not. What you're not seeing is the hunchback of Notre Dame being cancelled or being called something else. No, no, not, it's not like the guy from Notre Dame with scoliosis. No. no, no. Maybe it should be. Yeah. But I don't think we're the ones who should be starting that campaign. It should be him, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um. Anyway, the reason I mention all this... Yes, why? <laughs> well, because now that he's, oh, he's yes. either been released for, yes. from jail or, or his scoliosis is sorted, depending on which mm. one you think is true, yeah. um, we, sh- we should be able to do this video soon. I don't see why not. Is it bad for him to be like holding a camera, though? I mean, no, I know no. that's his job. Yeah, it's his job, and that's why he did it, so he could still hold his camera. So, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. So, I mean... Is is there a period that you need to allow him to recuperate for before you need to broach the issue? <laughs> no, it's fine. Oh, I see. No, it's fine. I'll bring it up maybe tomorrow. What? Just, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'll, shall I have a date by next week? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll liaise with you before then. And in case you've got no idea what we're talking about, because this has dragged on for so long, <laughs> uh, this is um, this is this uh, Annabelle's lover Tom is going to film with us because uh, he's a cameraman. Uh, he's he's going to film Annabelle's Guide to Snaresbrook, which is the uh, the the uh, place in London where Annabelle lives. In London, and yeah. she's she's going to show us around sites of various things that you've talked about on the podcast and things that I haven't. And yeah. it's going to be available. For Patreon supporters, uh, support us on Patreon, please. Patreon.com stroke adrift. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Soon people will know that we don't know what we're doing. Adrift. I was reading a news story earlier on, and you know somebody had been accused of condoning racist behaviour. Okay, and they they came out and said that they abhor racism in any of its forms. And I feel that is a phrase that I've heard quite often. Mm. Uh, you know, I abhor, I or I do not condone racism in any of its forms. Mm-hmm. I don't think the in any of its forms is necessary. No, sure. Like people aren't pick, don't pick and choose when it comes to racism. <laughs> no, no, I don't mind I that. I hate one. racism, but if it's on a tapestry <laughs> or if they make it into a haiku, I mean, there is something clever about that. But it's a weird phrase, that isn't it? Mm. Like I detest racism in any of its forms. Mm. We don't need to worry about the forms. Mm. Forms, the forms aren't the important bit. No. Um, what else was I going to talk about here? I bought a new dishwasher. I know, I saw it. Wow. Mm. Big time for you. Oh, it was very difficult to choose a dishwasher. You know, I, I get really worried about picking, if I'm making a, a major household purchase like that, mm. I get worried about picking the wrong thing. Mm. So I thought, where do I go to find out which is the best dishwasher? Mm-hmm. And do you know what I thought? Yeah. What? Which. Which, yeah, yeah which. Which... For years, which mm. was a magazine, mm-hmm. and now it's online. Have you ever tried to look at anything on which? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. So you know what happens? Yeah, well, you have to pay like some money to get to see. They, they show you like some of it, but to reveal all the information, you have to pay. Right. Yeah. So to, to see the guide to which dishwasher, which mm. thinks is the best one, you have to subscribe to which. Yeah. And I can't remember how much it is, but it's say it's five pounds a month, mm-hmm. five six pounds a month, which is more than a magazine would cost mm-hmm. for starters. You do get the magazine as well. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I have been sucked into this before. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I think: strange. I think two things are strange about it. I think the first thing that's strange is that their business model is basically people are so desperate to find out which the best dishwasher is that they'll just pay that money and subscribe and hopefully forget to cancel their subscription yeah when it seems to me that there would be just as good a business model in charging people a pound for anything they want to read uh yeah 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 because 
which magazine feels like it belongs in a different era. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about what the modern world is and the way you look at things and the way you just search on individual items, it seems strange that you would want to subscribe to a website or a magazine which has reviews of, say, dishwashers, lawnmowers home insurance, Mm-mm. caravans. Like, nobody is interested in all those things at any given month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird that that exists as a publication, that, that anybody would just be interested in reading reviews of everything. You only want to read, read the reviews of the thing you're thinking of buying. What if they hear this and change it? That'd be so brilliant. They could make me chief executive. Well, they could. <gasps> Oh, the money. And all the money will go to you, all those pound coins rolling into your bank account. That's the way I see it. All those people forgetting to cancel this. <laughs> it's very much the gym member, mm. uh, the gym membership business model, isn't it? Mm-mm. You get people to subscribe and then hope they don't notice it going out of their account every yeah, month, yeah. which is depressing. How long have you had a gym membership for? <laughs> Six years? I, I, I remember having one when I lived in Manchester. I had one where I subscribed in the January, like many people first do, joined in the January. Mm -hmm. And then I went for the initial consultation, you know, where you've got to go and see them. Induction. Induction, that's Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And as part of that induction, they took my blood pressure. Mm. And they said, oh, we can't let you use any of the equipment. So <laughs> we get some kind of uh, disclaimer from the doctor saying that if you die, it's not our fault. I never heard this happen to anybody. Yeah, so that happened to me in the January. But you would have been in your 20s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. And then um, I, th- I think I paid for it for two, from whatever that point was up until when I moved to London. In fact, maybe after I moved to London, I kept paying for that gym membership. Wow. For like two, two and a half, three years. That's how they make the money. It yeah. is. That's how I'm going to make my money. <laughs> when I'm the chief executive of which magazine. Get with it. Get with it. Get with it. With, 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 with. Get with it. Adrift. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd. And Annabelle Port. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Annabelle. Yes. Who's the first one from? It's from Susan in Endicott, New York. So, my husband and I went out with another couple last night. And when we arrived, we found out they'd brought a third couple along. The man is someone that my... <laughs> You're you horrified yeah, already. Yeah. It's the a ma- breach of the social contract. Right. The man is someone that my husband and I spent a good amount of time with about 30 years ago before we were married. I was surprised to see him and I was trying to wrap my head around all of this information when he introduced me to his wife. Now, I knew this guy's first wife from back in the day and she was tall and had dark hair. I was still having all these thoughts and memories spin through my head when a beautiful, short, slightly heavy blonde woman stepped forward to give me a hug. I think I must have broken somehow because I held her at arm's length and said, you look so familiar. I honestly had no idea who she was, but she was so lovely and I just wanted her to like me so much it just spilled out. Well, it turns out that we attended the same high school, but she is a few years younger than me. We talked about several people that we both knew and somehow the topic turned to a teacher we both had in school. She said something like, oh, he was such a pervert. And without skipping a beat, I replied, yeah, that was my fault. (laughs) What? Clearly, I'd lost my mind. We carried on talking and I did circle back to try and explain myself, saying something about how I was completely naive about everything back in high school and putting myself into weird situations with that teacher. Why was I explaining myself? Why wasn't I completely mortified and sitting silently for the rest of the evening? (laughs) The topic soon turned to a weird medical condition that I recently had that my doctors could not explain. 
My possible explanation was improbable, I admit, but my doctors refused to do a simple test that would quickly prove whether my hypothesis was correct. I'll admit that my pride is still singing. I admit that my pride is still stinging from this snub from the male medical professionals and was simply looking for female sympathy. It was when I saw the look in her eye that I remembered that she said that she's a nurse. It simply wouldn't work that way, she said, and I agreed that I didn't think so either. But I didn't have any other explanation to explain the symptoms that I was having. The evening soon ended and she made some comment about telling the teacher that his inappropriate perverted behaviour was because of me as we were heading out. Needless to say, I am mortified. What was I thinking? Now, my question is, should I try and explain myself to her when we meet again? I realise that my best option is to hope that she just forgets about it. But I think that is highly unlikely. Am I going to have to relive this stupidity that fell out of my mouth for the rest of my life? I fear I may have to. Mm-hmm. Should I try to apologise to her? Or should I just divorce my husband and move to England and hope that some <laughs> kind drifter will offer me a spare room? So my feeling is the explanation would make it worse. Oh, Jeff, I cannot believe you're saying these words. <laughs> 90% of your stories are you explaining things and making them worse. Yeah, no, do I, not know. Learn. I know I don't learn. No. But I can see you it can in teach. other people. I can see it in other people. I can see other people making my mistakes. Yes. And, you know, I, this, I, I recognise this strongly. And I, I would sort of invoke the port principle. Protocol. Protocol. Yes, I do, yes. Yeah. Pretend it never happened. Absolutely. I carry on as normal. Never refer to it again. Be in complete denial yourself and then hopefully it would just be fine. Because what I was doing there is thinking, what would I do? You'd explain it. You'd yeah. Like, and oh, then sorry, thinking, last time I saw you, I, like, my head was all yeah. like... Ugh. Because in my experience, often the thing that you have been obsessing about ever since the last time you saw them, mm. they have forgotten about it. Very true. That's not the thing they're hanging on to. Very true. Yeah. And then I think otherwise, so then the thing to do is just say as, be as smiley and as warm whenever you're around her from now onwards, but say as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Do you really need this person back in your life after 30 years though? Well, and also, weren't they just like a tag along? Yeah, I mean, you probably I won't see her again. I don't think so. You know, I was thinking about um, sort of Prince Andrew. Right. Have, you, have you watched it yet? I, st- I still haven't watched it. It's very strange to me. I don't know what's wrong with me. In the so this this guy Jeffrey Epstein goes to jail for four years. Hmm. During that time, Prince Andrew doesn't have any contact with him. Mm-hmm. His story then says mm. when he came out of jail, he felt the need to go and see the guy in New York mm. to say. That's the end of our friendship. He wanted to do it face to face. Yeah. Yeah. At a dinner thrown in his honour. Yep. At his house. He was there going to stay for like two weeks. (laughs) For some time. Very convenient. For some time, yeah. Very convenient. But, but, I mean, I think if if somebody's in jail Mm. and you haven't been in touch with them... Mm. Yeah, yes. That's probably... You're probably sending a signal... At that point, that the the friendship is over. I'd pick up that message myself if yeah. I was the jailbird. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I then think that 30 years, I mean, you, you, you've said all you need to say about that friendship by having this person absent from your life for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think I think it's... refuse to meet up with the other couple if they, and ask them in advance, are you bringing those awful other people? Look, let's not be too hard on those people. The worst people are the ones who brought them along. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Because that is a breach of the social oh, contract. so there's the answer. Just ditch all of them. Yeah, there we go. Okay, okay. great. And, and the other one? Okay, the other one is from Anon, and it asks this question. In what situations is it appropriate to we publicly? <laughs> it's a straightforward question. Can mm. you give it a straightforward answer? I've sometimes thought it would be funny... Say, you know, when you're all just leaving somewhere, mm. like you've you've been in a restaurant or, or you know, you're leaving home, you say, you say, oh, do you mind if I just have a quick wee before we go? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I've often thought it'd be funny to just stand there and wet yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you'd have to be really committed to the joke. Yeah, crouch down, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be pretty funny. Yeah. But I'm also horrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly horrifying now, thinking about it. So in what's... So if my mother-in-law was here, mm. I mean, she she thinks the outdoors is nature's toilet. <laughs> really? Mm. So she goes in public a lot? Or... People's front garden. She does not. I think so, yeah. I think she's she's been... Well, so I know my wife when we've been on holiday and we've been for sort of walks in bucolic areas but areas wow. where the, where there are houses with like enormous enormous gardens okay 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 she she doesn't you know she doesn't wait till she gets to the nearest nature reserve wow. she'll just go and do it up somebody's tree which i i wouldn't do myself Mm-mm. um in terms of a wee wee i often think to myself mm. what's worse like if i was desperate in a like a public place would i pull down my pants mm. and do it very mm. publicly or would I wet myself and then have wet clothes the rest of the day I think about it a lot <laughs> and and have you come up with a confusing no, answer no I've never decided what's better because Sarah you know I've I, I've been in areas of London with Sarah before mm. now mm. where there's been no pubs or cafes for her to go in and use the toilet and she has this great skill which is very undriftery she is able to go into any place and asked to use the toilet in a charming way, and and mm. and they will allow her to do so, okay. which I would be far too scared to do. Mm. But but similarly, when we've been in areas where there aren't any such establishments, she's sort of squatted down behind what the Americans call a dumpster, or we call a bulk bin. Oh, so this this part of your family, they're very they, yeah. they they think that it's pretty it's appropriate a lot of the time. Whereas I think you ask a lot of British people, and they'd say it's never appropriate. Yeah, and I don't know if this is a sort of American, British, European thing i don't know if that's or if it's just my wife's family and everybody else in the civilized world yeah yeah um i think i think maybe there could be a rule that if if it was unavoidable and desperate mm. and it was dark and mm. it wasn't anywhere like like i don't think someone's garden's okay i think that's okay but if you're just drunkenly like doing it yeah not i'm so, always not worried okay. someone's gonna bib the horn at me <laughs> Really? You don't think like when you've seen like you've seen sort of men weeing in the street, maybe a bit drunkenly up against like people love bibbing at them. They do. Why do we love bibbing at them? It's like I can see you, mate. Well, I know you can see me. Why? Why do we need to communicate that? I don't know. Oh, it's quite nice in a way. Okay, so I think there's our answer. I think if you're in an environment where you can be bibbed, you shouldn't be doing it. Okay. Okay. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Share your story of social ineptitude with us, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Thanks to all those other people that I'm always mentioning every week. I know I didn't do it last week, but uh, not going to do it this week either. But I am going to say all the best 
to our friend Sophie. Uh, this is Ho- Sophie Herdman uh, from Acast, who we work with on the podcast, and uh, they, they uh, uh, sell the advertising for us. And it was Sophie who first got in touch with us when we said we were thinking of doing a podcast. She said, "Hey, why don't we? Uh, why don't we all work together?" And we do. And she's just great. And she's off to have a baby, and uh, that's a wonderful thing. I mean, she doesn't quite know what's about to happen. <laughs> she don't, do you? No, nope. got no idea. But uh, that's the decision you made, Sophie. (laughs) Live with it. (laughs) Live with it. uh, Yeah, so uh, congratulations to Sophie. And uh, I'm going to finish this week's podcast by saying, uh, oh, fancy a coffee. Adrift. Adrift. Right, podication time. Let's have a look who we got a podication from. I'm going to tell you who we got a podication from uh, as soon as I find it in my email. When did you send it to me, Annabelle? Uh, it's just there, look, a drift podcast. They're just, they're, oh, there. Oh, there, there it is. There it is. There it is. It comes from Mike Hennessy, who says, Hello, could you please give me a podication on the episode that should be available to download next Wednesday, the 27th, as it's my birthday. And I will be in Brighton for a two-day stay with my wife, Linda, who has recently discovered the joys of your podcast. Joys. Wow. That's high praise indeed from Linda. She is my American wife. I've got one of those. Demanding our books, train ticket seats uh, to to my long-standing drifter seeking the more peaceful solution as we go from John O'Groats to Land's End. Wow. A great thing to do. Look out for Ian Botham as you're going. <laughs> I mean, he's usually walking from one to the other, isn't he? Always. Not uh, usually. Always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to explain to Linda who, who he is. And maybe to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, enjoy yourself in Brighton. I'm trying to think. I was in Brighton earlier this year. I had a good meal somewhere. It's a vegetarian restaurant in the lanes, but for some reason... I can't bring the name of it to mind. Shall I Google it? Yeah, go on. Is it an Indian restaurant? It's not. I do okay. think there are some good Indians in, in Brighton as well, but uh, Vegetarian Brighton Lanes. Terre à terre, like French. T-E-R-R-E-R-T-E-R-R-E. Terre à terre, yeah. That's uh, that's a good one. I went for a brilliant meal as well, but I can't remember what the place was called and uh, it's not very Googleable on the information I have to hand. I think it was some kind of sustainable environmental restaurant, which I know makes it sound very eat your greens, mm. but it wasn't. It was like really delicious, fancy-ish, but not intimidating food and... Uh, uh, it sort of had like looks slightly post industrially if you're googling it. Okay. Can't remember what it was called though, so you'll have to uh, do the homework on yourself. Linda can do that, can't she? <laughs> Strikes me as somebody who uh, likes a project. <laughs> what with her love of a love of a, a pre booked yeah. train seat. Well, there we go. Uh, well, I hope you have a good time on your uh, on your on your schlep um, and enjoy your stay in Brighton and. Uh, and there we go. Happy birthday, Mike. Hi, Linda. And if you like a podcast, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.